0: new era in independent arts celebration indecent exposure you were convicted of indecent
1: exposure for the third time that's exactly what it is there Dexter. it is four counts of indecent exposure
0: well 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 my indecent friends you have returned for another episode in this case episode number 22 of Indecent Exposure, released Saturday, May 7th, 2016, here at the Greylock Glass, greylockglass.com. As I put this show together, I was particularly gratified to think about how there are there are very few better reasons to have a show like this than to be able to present to you for your consideration artists whose work you might not hear anywhere else or at least not have heard before i mean it is always my hope that uh, the musicians and filmmakers and authors that we have on the show go on to do such great things and have such wide appeal that they don't have time for little old indecent exposure but in the meantime we have them here and sometimes um it does my heart good to know that um we give a space to folks uh, who don't fit a lot of the mainstream narrative uh, that you hear in, in in other media. And that is what we're here for. That is a huge reason of, of why we started, not just Indecent Exposure, but the Greylock Glass as a whole. To give uh, a podium, to give a microphone to voices uh, that are... Uh, you know they're pushing the they're pushing the boundaries out. They're they're making space for creativity that goes above and beyond what you see on the idiot box or here on you know the insipidness that has become most commercial radio. Anyway, that's my little soapbox for today. On the show we've got with us um, an artist who fits the bill, fills the bill nicely. Dane Herndon, whose project Starseed has put out its uh, third album, um, which is or third release, I should say, it's um, it goes by the name of New Reality, and I just love it. At first, when I listened to to a couple of the tunes, I was I felt that there was a certain foreignness to the sound, but as I listened to it over and over again. I noticed that there was a, there was a real, it struck a chord, a very familiar chord, and, and it was unexplainable how, um, how, oh, I don't even know. I'll, I'll let you listen to it. I'm not going to go putting words in, in your mouth. But the, um, the, we, we get to play two songs, uh, from the new, this new release, New Reality, and we've chosen Androgen, which I think ends the show, and, in the middle of the show, we have Revelation, Non Judgment, and uh, I always try to find a, a good place to put uh, to put that you know that song in the middle of the show, and I, and I hope I succeed. Um, I don't want to say too too much about uh, Mister Herndon, but he comes to us from Texas by way of Berkeley College of Music, and he is now here in the Berkshires, and we're glad to have him uh, because his musical genius is is apparent. So with that said, let's go straight to that conversation with Dane Herndon. Dane, it's really good to have you here on Indecent Exposure on the Greylock Glass. How are you doing today?
2: I'm fantastic. Thank
0: you, Jason. I am so stoked. I have to say that um, Boom, the organization Boom, is already doing its job. uh, Because I uh, I hadn't run into you yet, uh, online or anywhere else. And I checked out Boom's website. That's the Berkshire organization for original music um it's boom413.com is their website and i checked uh, them out and i found you and i was delighted uh to to listen to your music and, and to find out more about you mm-hmm. um so how um where to start um let's 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 go back to the very very beginning because i think we're going to have to uh, to to bring us up to where we are today tell us about where you where you really get started
2: so, um, I suppose we can take a look at my um sort of the beginning of me getting into creative pursuits and um that kind of started when I was in uh i suppose I was in preschool um I used to do like a lot of drawing you know with crayons and pencils and um that kind of thing just during we had a certain time that was kind of designated for expressing ourselves creatively. And, um, I guess my teachers and my peers kind of took notice of my innate abilities, um, as far as, as drawing is concerned. And, um, so they, they talked to my parents, my teachers did, and they said, you know, um, we would encourage you to maybe get him involved in, uh, some type of like drawing lessons. So, um, from an early age I was um, I was studying drawing um sketching um, and that sort of thing and um, so I always have been um, kind of inclined to express myself creatively and um, a few years later um, my aunt who's a musician based out of the uh the Oklahoma area she's uh grew up in Tulsa and um, she got me my first guitar when I was, I think I was about six or seven. And um, I fiddled around with it for a while, but I didn't really begin to take it seriously until I was about 10. And um, so at that time as well, I was uh, beginning to um, study guitar uh, privately. And um, there was also a period of time where I was doing like computer-based animation um, so I also have that kind of graphic design background a little bit in that regard. And, um, that's something that, um, you can see in like the album artwork that I did for my second album, the remembrance, I did all the artwork myself and, um, but anyway, so, um, going back to the musical aspect, I, um, I've always been really, really into music. I, um, kind of grew up on like classic rock, um, and I was just exposed to a lot of different stuff growing up um particularly when I got into i would say what would be considered for me intermediate school, like fifth and sixth grade um I was about eleven twelve I really really begun sorry really really began to explore a lot of different types of music and um I heard um daft punk for the first time, which was like some of the more interesting music for me at the time that I'd heard in my life. I mean, I hadn't heard anything like that before. And um, that really opened my world up as far as like what was possible um, and what could be expressed within a musical context and also how you could merge um, technological advancement with creative expression
0: now who who was your who were some of your musical mentors uh, throughout this this stage?
2: Um, so I had a private instructor. Um, his name was Randy Lee Rottenberg. He was my first private teacher. Um, I also had a teacher in high school named David Lowne, and he was my jazz band director. Um, and he was just absolutely amazing and really really um really pivotal for me in my musical journey um he showed me at this time when i got into high school um i was really beginning to explore jazz and that wasn't something that i had really been exposed to prior to that time not to to as great an extent as i was during my high school years and so i really began to focus on music theory at this point um especially like, um, harmony, um, like being able to establish a firm grasp on jazz harmony was like really, really pivotal for me and really catalytic for my, my musical growth.
0: Is there Um, any way to describe what it feels like to, to that grasp when it clicks? I mean, I know you've been uh, involved in a lot of creative pursuits since you were young. And I know that, um, having two little kids of my own, um, you can you can see kids blossom so well or or not if if they don't have some some good guidance um but what is it like to to have those little musical revelations at a young age getting jazz which some adults do not get
2: it's um it's really just like oh like i get it now i don't know it's hard to explain in linguistic terms but it's like um you just understand something that you didn't previously understand, but you perhaps felt it at some level and you couldn't really consciously integrate it. Right. But when you have this framework and this context within which to understand it at a deeper level and then be able to practically apply it um, like in your playing, or, you know, this really applies to anything in life, I think, but um, it's kind of like having um, another tool added to your tool belt, or like um, another piece of the puzzle is put in place for you. That's and, a good,
0: good analogy.
2: And then you're able um, not only to understand this singular concept, but you're able to understand, in turn, how that concept relates to the whole and Um, that new piece may provide you with a greater perspective on the bigger picture Mm. in general. And um, for me, that's always been the case with music. Um, Really, with anything that I learn in a musical context, um, I'm able to see how it's a direct reflection of life in general and how, for me, music is the perfect metaphor for life. I don't think there's anything, um, in my opinion, that is a more holistic uh, reflection uh, metaphorically and literally for, for how, how the universe works, how creation works. So
0: now this was all going on in, uh, in Fort Worth, Texas. And
2: yeah, I and, was living in, um, a suburb called Southlake, Southlake, Texas. Um, it's next to Grapevine. That's That's where I grew up
0: and you obviously you you get to probably about your junior year in high school and you have to start thinking about what what's the next step did you know uh what that next step would be
2: i didn't um at that point i was i was pretty set on um pursuing music i was also doing a lot of computer science at that time um So I've always been kind of like tech savvy. I used to do like web design and stuff like that. And once again, I used to do animation. Um, And also when I started studying jazz, I got really into music production. And so you can kind of see how those electronic influences began to come full circle for me. And that was something that I really began to seriously explore. And um, that became another avenue by which I would express myself creatively. Um, So... I, at that time, um, looking to the future from that point, um, I did know that music was something that I did want to seriously pursue, um, and I did consider um, pursuing it in terms of higher education. Um, and I was also, um, I wouldn't say I was struggling, but I was, I was trying to find a way to, um, to find a middle ground between my jazz pursuits and my music production. Um, cause to me at that time, those worlds seemed like totally different realms. Like it's, it seemed really difficult for me to find a way to, um, yeah, just like establish some sense of connection. Um, and so what I decided to do was apply to Berklee College of Music in Boston. And, um, the reason I wanted to go to Berklee is because there were several, um, notable, um, musicians who had a profound influence on my playing and on my musical growth who I know who had studied there. And, um, I also knew that they were not only a leading, um, like kind of jazz school, but they also were pioneers, um, in terms of teaching electronic music, like electronic production. So, um, I knew that if I did end up going there, um, I would have the opportunity to pursue, both my jazz studies and my electronic music production studies. Now that, so that was kind of the deciding factor for me.
0: Now, that's that's kind of neat. Um, I was mentioning, you know, in the in the green room that uh, there's a, an interesting Fort Worth, or at least Texas connect, uh, connection. Um, uh-huh. I had uh, some neighbors that lived upstairs from me when I was in Jamaica Plain in Boston. That's
2: where I used to live,
0: yeah. Oh, did you? See, yeah, get gets even thicker. Um, yep. But they had moved here. I, an, <laughs> yeah, Anthony Perry was a bass, an upright bass player, and he and his friend came both from Texas. I can't remember Anthony's roommate's name. Um, but they came from Texas to study at Berkeley, and they ended up um, both um, getting spots in the um, BSO – summer orchestra oh sure yeah so they were out here in tanglewood well in lennox right. uh, I,
2: I was gonna ask about the case yeah cool.
0: so yeah it was it was a really when you said that you came from texas and you went to berkeley that was that was enough but then you said you lived in jp and that just about said <laughs> ch- chills down my spine are you following me <laughs> you're following me aren't you <laughs> anyway.
2: no i don't I don't write the script. I'm just an actor. <laughs> so, what
0: what uh, did Berkeley f- meet your expectations?
2: It was not what I was expecting. Um, it was a catalytic experience for me, um, but I only did two years, and um, really the the best part about it was just the people that I met. Um, a lot of the I mean I did have the opportunity to study with some really amazing teachers. Um I studied with David Gilmore, who's a really great jazz guitarist to say the least, really, really amazing player and teacher. Um like he used to play with Wayne Shorter, for instance, and he plays with uh Ravi Coltrane, who's John Coltrane's son. Right. Um, so yeah, he he was great. I learned a lot from him. I learned um about like hexatonics, which are um tonic systems that utilize sets of six notes. Um, Typically it'll be like a set of three notes and then you'll transpose it up a tritone, which uh, is a musical interval that divides the octave in half. So it's this kind of symmetrical system that you can use to create some really interesting um, kind of otherworldly sounding scales and patterns. And um, so that was really cool. Um, You know, I had the opportunity to study with a lot of people who um, did play a role in catalyzing my growth as a musician and, um, also as a producer. But once again, um, it was really the, um, the other students, um, at the time, um, and, you know, my, my peers who I came into contact with who had the most profound impact on me. And, um, so that was something that I was very grateful for. And, um, that ultimately is, I think what I, um, gleaned the most from, During that time, um, I was, let's see, I connected with a group of people, um, two of whom ended up moving to Sedona, Arizona, um, to live in an intentional community there. And I now live with, uh, live with them here in the Berkshires. Um, and we all had kind of a series of similar experiences, um, with, um, like ETs and just kind of coming to terms with our, um, our greater heritage as, um, as members of the human race. And, um, at that time too, there was a lot of stuff that was coming up for me that kind of threw my ideas of the history, not only of humanity, but of earth in general into question. And, um, that was something that is well. It's a big part of my project now, Starseed. Um, just because I've had a lot of um, since I was a kid. Actually, I've had a lot of um, what would be considered to be contact experiences with ETs, um, both in waking reality and also in dream time. Well, and, let's uh,
0: let's talk about that. What's what was the earliest? Yeah. What's the earliest that you remember having a contact experience?
2: Um, I was probably, gosh, I don't know, probably like four or five. Well, I guess actually, um, my earliest memory is being in my crib and looking up at my mobile and then, um, my mobile, you know, those mobiles that hang above the cribs and they, um, they spin around, they have little dangly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) um, that, um, in my, my consciousness, perceived it turning into a spaceship. And then I remember there being um, kind of cloaked beings around who were, um, they were humanoid, but they also had this kind of insectoid element to them. And as far as I understand, um, those kind of um, insect-like beings are, um, they were involved not only with the creation of the earth human, but also of, um, many different humanoid beings throughout the cosmos. Um, and I've had many experiences with kind of insect like beings to name just one, um, subset, but that was my earliest experience that I can recall. And then I've, I've seen, um, ships since I was really young, <laughs> um, one of which, let's see, I, I used to see them in the, in the town that I grew up in. Um, sometimes I would see green ships, um, like what might be considered to be UFOs or orbs moving through the sky. And I understand, um, as far as what, um, I feel that to, to be or to have been, I feel that to, um, been related to the Pleiadians, mm-hmm. which are a group of, Um, ETs have been involved with Earth um, for quite some time, and they um, resonate with the Pleiades, which is a star system. Um, It's a star cluster of several hundred stars, but there are seven that are uh, visible to the naked eye, and I resonate heavily with the Pleiadian energy.
0: So there is, going back through the centuries and millennia, in art, there are representations of contact events. Yeah. Um, some of them buried in uh, in, in fairly what, what would you'd consider very mainstream classical yeah. art. Oh, absolutely. Um, sure. In fact, if I'm if I can find any, I'll have to try to dig up a couple examples because when you see them once, your your blows you away. Um, yeah. What do yeah, you totally. what do you what do you make of the and and, and you know there isn't just one potential narrative of the interaction between humanity. Absolutely.
2: Um, Everything that I'm giving is just my perspective.
0: um, Can some some of these narratives, different narratives, be reconciled? Do you think it's possible?
2: Absolutely. I I absolutely think so. Um, You know, we all have our own um, personal experiences. We all have our own subjective perspective on the goings-on, not only of our own lives, but of the um, you know, the greater story of creation and of the universe. Um, but I have found that when you explore these things um, pretty in depth, you begin to see these common threads and you be, you begin to piece um, everything together in such a way that things do begin to make more sense and you do begin to establish a sense of the greater picture and I think that that's kind of what we're here to do as the human family. I think that we're here to share our own perspective on what's taking place and what has taken place um, in our own lives and, and in terms of what we have uncovered and discovered. And um, in the process of doing so, we're able to establish a sense of the greater picture. Hmm. And um, I think that's actually quite important that we do that because um, we help we help the entirety of creation when we do so we each establish a firmer grasp of um, how we relate to the whole and um, how the pieces fit together and i think that's really important I think that kind of the entire idea of the creation of Earth um, kind of um, underscored, for instance, in the writings of Barbara Marciniak, who wrote um, Bringers of the Dawn, The Teachings of the Pleiadians, and um, Earth, the Living Library, and Family of Light. She's written some really great works, and she's a channel who um, works with the Pleiadians. Um, In Earth, the Living Library, she talks about the idea that Earth is just that it's a a library um, and it's alive and we as the human family are the keys to the library and so um, at this time um, our genetic material is being reactivated um, because we're capable of you know ESP um, HSP telepathy clairvoyance Um, we're capable of functioning on many different levels of reality um you know the capabilities of our consciousness are infinite <laughs> and and um, what
0: a threat that is isn't it to some folks
2: maybe to some um i, I mean don't see the threat. Well, uh, <laughs> well the
0: idea here is that if you could unlock all of these potentials um it would shift the the paradigms of authority it would shift the paradigms of power Oh, um, sure. you know it's i think that it's you know, the idea is that um, if we, if the answers were readily available to all, then um, it could be, I mean, the, things like what the outcome of this election are might be so minuscule in, in importance. Um, now, talk to me about the music. Now, it, it just, it seems sure. to me that it's yeah. not, it's not any accident that the, the, gateways of perception for you mathematically and musically and creatively, um, that there's a, a, a tie in here. How, how does your experience with the Pleiadians affect your, your perception of, of music and, and how you craft it?
2: Sure. Um, well, I guess I should say it's not just the Pleiadians that I have worked with. Um, throughout my journey I've worked with a number of different races and it's um it's all well and good like they're all um crucial and they're all keys um but at the end of the day this is our story this is about humanity and um, that's something that I've learned it's like we are the key and we are representative um, of many many different galactic races we are um in that sense um aspects of creation that, that contain and reflect all of those archetypal energetic aspects. Um, so I suppose I would rather look at how my, um, contact in general with, with many of these different races has, um, impacted my musical journey and has influenced the way that I express myself creatively, um, and just how, maybe talk about how that comes through in my music. Um, So the first album that I released is called Universe, um, like you, like you, Y-O-U, Universe. Like Mm. you are the universe. (laughs) Um, Because um, at the time that I was conceiving of and composing and producing Universe, um, it was a heavily introspective time for me. And um, I was really beginning to look a lot more deeply within myself, um, first and foremost. And I began to realize that the world outside myself is only a reflection of my internal reality. And, you know, there's this, um, this interplay and like you do respond to external stimuli, of course. But, um, I began to see in that sense, how much of an impact I had upon reality and that, um, I wasn't just, like, a victim, you know? Like, I wasn't just, like, um, at the pangs and throes and the whim of of whatever, um, I don't know, whatever was, was going to happen to me in, like, a negative sense, you know? Because, like, when I was growing up, I was told, you know, okay, this is the way it is. Like, this is how reality works, um, and, you know, that's it. Like, you're just kind of a cog in this big machine, um, but, like, not in a good way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, in a very disempowering way. And um, at that time, I began to really see through that, and just, like, that wasn't the case. And um, so it was very, very empowering, and it was very inspiring and beautiful, and I felt um, that I wanted to express that um, through the album, through the music. So um, I guess um, some of the title titles of the songs on that album are like um collective consciousness. Um so I just began to realize that um I was just one facet of an infinite expression. Um I was just one being in an infinite universe and um it was apparent to me um or it became apparent to me during some of the awakening experiences that I had at that time with um with the friends that I had made in Boston, who I I realized um, we have had relations in many different incarnations. Um, you know, um, you can take that or leave that. It doesn't really matter to me. Um, sure. Um, whatever that means to you. But um, I feel that I have been working with the same um, group of beings that I work with in this incarnation and many lifetimes prior to this. And, um, anyways, um, I had experiences with, um, some of these guys, like who I live with now in Boston. Um, and it just became apparent to me that there was a much greater consciousness working through us and that I was in that sense, like an instrument being played. And, you know, we're all instruments being played by spirit, by the, um, the divine orchestrating intelligence at work, um. And so that idea to me was, um, something that I wanted to bring through in the creation of that tune collective consciousness. Um, another one was, let's see, um, we must become the change we want to see. That's the second to last track. And that was of course, um, inspired by Mahatma Gandhi and, um, you know, I just felt at that time that I really wanted to embody the change that I wanted to see reflected in the world and not just like wait for somebody else to do it, but just really live it. And, um, so I felt like I really wanted to incorporate that idea into the music. And, um, then the, the last track is called interdimensional. And, um, that idea to me is something that I experienced very tangibly all the time it's just that we're interdimensional beings we're multidimensional beings we function on many different re- levels of reality simultaneously and um so that's something um i felt once again that i wanted to explore and it's i think that music
0: i think it's it's amazing that um you've been able to you've been really you know blessed to be able to uh find a medium uh, to, to yeah. sort of explore these things. I, I've often felt that, um, you know, people have, have, you know, asked questions about such things as the Nazca lines, you know, the, yeah, that right. you can only see from, from you know, very, very high up in the sky um, and you know, other, other, you know, artifacts and relics. But yeah. I've often felt that music is sort of a... Um, now, if if the nazca lines are clues uh geo, geospatially, then sure. music is one of those sort of s- either spiritual or i'm not even sure it's 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 almost like a clue that's been left behind because we don't you know to survive we don't need music right i mean you know we need air we need oxygen we need food we need sleep um, right but um you you could make the case that we don't physically need music or comedy or um or artwork, but it's just the the very presence has has a suggestive quality to the to them.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So talk to me about um when you know, you, you've mentioned that starseed is is sort of um the manifestation of the experiences that you've had and the the discipline that you put into music. Um, right. Did you know when you began that uh, that that would be the case?
2: Um, when I began my musical journey,
0: well, probably since since Berkeley.
2: Um. Well, I knew um, at that time that my coming to terms with my kind of galactic heritage. Um, was going to inevitably be reflected in my creative expression <laughs> um, just because I knew how potent um, a means for um, I guess kind of transformation and inspiration music was um, for those who heard it and for those who were impacted by it and I knew that um, perhaps it could help to spark something to take place within them as it had for me and um so, um, cause I know that, you know, so many, um, h- humans incarnated right now are starseeds as well. And, um, I mean, cause we're all, everyone who's a member of the human race has, has cosmic heritage and has galactic ties. Um, but furthermore, there are some very spiritually evolved souls who are incarnating now who actually come in with upgraded genetics and i know that i'm one of them um, many many beings who are here now are kind of tied in with that and there are also off world um kind of what you might be considered what you might consider to be um hybrid beings right and um so i knew um just because um there are so many that i wanted to be able to um kind of reflect that in my music and perhaps reach out to those who might feel confused about what they're experiencing or, um, anything like that, or, or just in general to help maybe, um, open people's eyes up to, um, the fact that something like that could be taking place. Um, so,
0: I, i I'm, yeah, I imagine that it can be a very unnerving experience at first when
2: yeah, just because it's so contrary to what people, um, might've been taught was possible. Um, hmm so contrary to people's current idea of reality
0: and that's probably a really good segue into your latest effort which is new reality
2: yeah yeah i feel like that's definitely a good way to to move into that um,
0: how did how did that uh, begin to take shape
2: um so i started writing new reality right before the turn of um of 2015 to 2016 and um, I kind of just wanted to create an album that was reflective of the the transformation that we're going through right now as a planet and um, how we're shifting. Um, We're actually shifting dimensions. Um, We're shifting out of what could be considered to be third density, which is very egocentric um, at the expense of, for instance, the environment, at the expense of others. It's rooted in... Um, like the third chakra, which is kind of that egocentric sense of willpower like almost in like a dominating sort of way it 's kind of it 's a very masculine energy and so it 's kind of no coincidence that for instance there 's this huge surge of feminism right now, and there 's this like um, just this sense of of coming into balance or or um,
0: uh it 's a global And it's a global feminism, too.
2: Oh, yeah, it's totally a global thing. It's not just like a little isolated pocket here and there. It's like this is happening all over the planet. And um, so in order to kind of reflect that, and this is just one symptom of the change, um, but um, just to pay homage to the new paradigm that we're moving into and to pay homage to the new reality that's manifesting on Earth and also really throughout the cosmos Um, as a whole Mm. just because so much gets played out through humanity um but yeah that was kind of the the source of inspiration for it um just because i can really feel things ramping up um every moment more and more and more and around that time of course um it was more so even than before and so um i knew that i i really wanted to pay tribute to that and maybe um Communicate that message to those whose eyes and ears were open to receive it.
0: Well, I will hope
2: that it resonate with them.
0: Right, right. I want to give it. I want to give people a chance to to experience that for themselves. Um, I always put links in the show notes on the website um, so that people can go and and listen. Uh, You're on SoundCloud, for example. Um, Do you have any dates that you'll be playing out that people can hear you play uh, live, or or is, is there anything in the future?
2: Yes. um, I don't have anything um, in the near future because I'm actually taking a road trip to Sedona, Arizona um, sometime. Well, we're leaving in about a week and a half. I'll probably be gone for about a month. Nice. But after that, um, I do plan on on playing out a lot more. So um, I'll be sure to keep you posted if you want to make mention of anything.
0: I would love to, for sure. Site. for sure well say hello to arizona i spent some time there and in, in new mexico one of my favorite parts of the of the country um cool. and um and i will i'll play some tunes and um i'll provide links oh actually you know what i was gonna say provide links and, and to some of the artwork as well but let's just before i before we let you go tell tell me a little bit about the uh the artwork for this new album
2: sure So, um, it was kind of a rehash of the album artwork that I did for um, The Remembrance, which was my second album, and um, it was an image um, that I kind of channeled um, early last year, and um, it kind of achieved concrescence um, after the, the later part of last year, but... Um, It was inspired by um, the hybrid symbol given by Bashar, who's a a being who works with, uh, well, many different um, people throughout the world, but um, including the the group of beings who I work with now. Um, But he's channeled by Daryl Anka, who's a very famous channel and um, spiritual teacher. Um, You can check out his stuff on YouTube. He's very, very popular. But um, it's a symbol that resonates with the um, hybrid program, Um, the um, Asasani hybrids, um, and uh, they're a group of beings who are a hybridization of Earth humans and um, Zeta Reticuli beings, Zeta Reticulum beings. Okay. And um, they're kind of... I guess I could give a little backstory on them, but um, you could really just check out Bashar's stuff if you want to. If you yeah, it. if
0: you uh, if you've got any links, definitely send those to me, and I'll I'll I will include those.
2: Yeah, um, um, and but, you can also check out a book called The Prism of Lyra. Um, it'll talk a little bit more about that story, but um, in essence, they're kind of like a. In many ways, they are a parallel to what Earth could potentially play out. I don't see that happening at this point. Um, But um, they began to establish more intimate connections with Earth at the time that our technology more recently began to really evolve, begin to evolve at an exponential rate. This is like around the time that we were working with um, nuclear energy for the first time. And um, they essentially, um, on their planet, um, which in the prism of Lyra is called the Apex planet, Um, they destroyed their environment. Um, It's, like, very, very radiated. They had to go underground. And um, they ended up um, basically losing the ability to reproduce. And um, their eyes got very large. Their um, craniums got very large and expanded um, because they basically developed their intellectual capacities at the expense of their spiritual and emotional um, growth. So they kind of polarized very heavily toward the masculine hmm. at the expense of the feminine. And um, that's another thing that you can kind of see reflected here now, because we're coming back into balance with that feminine aspect, that kind of intuitive, creative and, and like, of course, spiritual. I,
0: I hope so. I mean, I, I do hope that it, that it sticks this time.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> you know, I, mean, I yeah. think that I think that we have we spent uh, the the better part of the 20th century in mortal terror that uh, we'd blow ourselves up, and it would be nice not to repeat that.
2: Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think well,
0: we'll be all right. <laughs> well, I, I I hope so. So, what I'll do is um, I will bid you safe travels. Um, okay. It's a good time of year to be traveling. I know that too. Yeah. And we'll play this and we will send uh, listeners to all the links that we can to because uh, we take the notes for you here. And awesome. uh, people can check it out, check out your music, check out the art. And that will probably whet their appetite uh, to come and see you when you're back and you've got some dates uh, when you plan out.
2: Yeah, that would be awesome.
0: Dane, it has been a real pleasure uh, speaking Likewise. with you here. And we'll talk Likewise again. Talk.
2: Thank you so much, Jason.
0: Take care. Okay. That was Androgen, off the new release from Starseed, New Reality. Before that, in the middle of the show, we heard Revelation Non-Judgment. I hope you enjoyed this discussion we had with the musical mind of Starseed, Dane Herndon. And when he gets back from, I guess, Sedona in a month or two, uh, we'll try to find out if he's got some shows so you can catch him live here in the Berkshires. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Indecent Exposure. Don't forget, tell all your little friends. Take care. Bye. Now you can subscribe to this show through iTunes. Just click the button in the right-hand sidebar and never miss an episode again.